Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review SmackDown, but also the show, formerly known as NXT Duplex. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage for now. Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. A little bit of a quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamflit to review the best wrestling show of the week. Shoot version, Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah, um, it wouldn't be a SmackDown review on a Monday if we didn't start by talking about something completely unrelated to SmackDown. So, <laughs> let, so let's do that for a second. I've... Uh, like, I'll let the listeners in in case you haven't already, because it's nice to be able to give them a kind of a bit of programming notes for the week ahead. Uh-huh. You're going to be taking a well-deserved uh, few days off at the back end of this week. Yeah. Um, so it'll be me and Sidgwick on the podcast failing to do your recaps, basically. <laughs> we, we can't do it. Very kind. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in front of a, of a bullet for you, Will Vaughan. And I didn't want to tell you until we started recording. Mike's a hot because I want to make the moment just as hot, right? Uh-oh. With you away, it's not just going to be this week. I'm ready to pledge to you. Every week, from here on out, not just when you're on holiday, I'm willing and ready to replace you wholesale on all Rampage previews and reviews <laughs> God starting this Friday. It. I will do it. I will be that guy. I wanted to tell you here so the listeners could experience your own personal, like... It's look. I don't. I'm not saying I want a bus parade or anything like that. <laughs> I don't need flowers. Don't call me a hero. But before we talk about SmackDown, I knew that like you're gonna have a child soon. You're gonna have lots of other commitments, and I am ready to take that burden <laughs> from out of your lap. Just consider me like Michael Ramflet, because I will take Rampage off you if you wait. Like that's only if you want. Starting this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> because I realised I could have accidentally talked myself into having to do a review, but like, uh, let's start. How how do you fancy? Uh, I'm more like I've never listened to you and Cedric talk about it on the podcast before, so I'm quite excited. Like I'm assuming, like I, I don't know, I don't keep up with what's going on with Rampage and the Rampage review canon. Lucky so bastard. I uh, I um I don't know like how you how you go from week to week or how like, you, do you get together a week in advance and do you plan a meeting for next week's Rampage? Because if you've already planned your Rampage preview notes for this week. I'll happily take them while you're on holiday, and I'll sit around with Cedric. I'll play host. I'm not as good as you, but I'll do that. We're like, right, Sid, what's on the docket for this week's Rampage? Is that is that what we're doing this week? Is that the end of Like, I've not seen you. I'm on holiday diary. Here's what can you pick up for me, work handover. But I'm assuming Rampage is on it, right? I think the well, way they've been running Rampage for the last six months, I think whoever's been 
meant to be planning it and making a good show's been on holiday for that entire <laughs> time. We'll have one good week of championship matches, none of which are AW championships, and then just phone it in. <laughs> There's never been a more rampagey episode of Rampage than this bloody week. Me and should, the Sigil talk about it later for the final time. You should do that this week. I know, like, this is your Rampage uh, season finale today, but you should, in tribute to the show from your holiday, literally phone in a preview on, on Friday. Just, like, have that sort of... It's a really uh, croaky line. Um, I don't know, probably some wrestlers that, like, should be on Dynamite but aren't having really good matches with, like, really corny angles. Yep, got it. Right, great. Follow the podcast. See you later. I'm being harsh. I'm being harsh. There was a real highlight to AW Rampage this week, and that was the Rampage wrap on the uh, Rampage <laughs> preview on Friday, which is still available. What culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. Listen to it, yeah. uh, but let's talk about this show because, uh, yet again, it inspired in me something oh, Rampage, apart from the first, well, the early episodes. I shouldn't say just the first one. Uh, it inspired me to do something that I regularly do when it comes to SmackDown, and that is message you over the weekend saying that this show is goaded. Uh, bloodline, more like goodline, because the power's back. Uh, I dared compliment this storyline over the weekend on, on Twitter, uh, and it's still getting mixed reactions. I like, And I get why, because I think I'm on both sides of this. I believe at this point... So all we ever do is speak honestly on these podcasts. Yes. Like, it's never... The reason why one week it's are these... Hate AEW now. The next week, it's like, oh, you never praise WWE. It's because we genuinely actually just come on and say what we think, yeah. and that will never change. I think at the moment we are trapped in the post big Cody Rose decision furore of which I'm a part of, and will remain banging that drum whilst watching the development of a storyline that it is directly tied to also be quite good, mm. and that is creating quite a confusing conversation. I don't, like, people are starting to get bored, and that's when you kind of have to ramp up your complaints. It's yeah. when people start getting bored. I'm not going to do that, but I, I'll never back down from this take that Cody shouldn't have won the belt. But I do think, for my personal enjoyment, from pretty much probably the night of Champions Go Home show, maybe there was one week before, I can't remember. Yeah, Roman worked the double show, didn't yeah. he? Because it was a tape thing. From that week that Roman came back, through to where we're at now, um... Just because I don't think the belt shouldn't be around his waist, I don't think they aren't taking this story in really interesting oh. like, directions. There was a particular one this week, as there has been in most of the weeks, where the key word is development. Yes. It isn't the use of staring at the floor. That week where Paul Heyman looked them, like he wasn't dead in the eye because he was looking at the back of their heads, but that bit where he was like, the tribal chief is going to deal with the problem and stare directly at the Usos. It was it's subtle. Like, well, yeah, it, this is the point. It wasn't. It was like, watch the f***ing show and get out of this group that no longer has a purpose. They are already so far removed from that, and I find myself genuinely quite impressed with it and worked back into the latest developments in the story. Um, and, you know, we'll get to it bit by bit, but there was one specific one on this show that for the second week in a row, I did not see a development coming and I fantasy booked other ones, mm. and that's the AW bar. I like liking the characters enough to fantasy book the directions and getting it wrong with the development that the company kind of like wrong-footed me with. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much at the stage now with the should Cody have won the belt at WrestleMania of, is it Schrodinger's cat? Yeah. Where it's like in a box and it's simultaneously dead, not dead. And Codinger's cat. Right. Codinger's belt. Is that or what we're like, calling it from now Or on? like a sliding doors mode of like what would have happened if they'd yeah. done this and like you say, taking this through. I'm increasingly becoming coming to the side of things of like, 
I think they made the right call, actually. <laughs> I might have sat there, arms folded, very grumpy in the stadium on that Sunday night. But with where all the characters have gone, I'm, I'm kind of okay the, with uh, it. The, the, the C tweet now only has two E's, and the tone is C. C. Hey. 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 C. C. Um, and I suppose to, to really muddle the waters of this, this one... Um, I'm sort of like Pavlov's dog because whenever I uh, hear the, the bloodline music hit, I'll start a uh, mouth watering. So, uh, God let's almighty. get into this show. Pavlov's cat. <laughs> Coding his belt, I quite like. Coding his belt. I think we've hit upon something there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've actually come up with a new uh, thing, but I'm going to unveil that tomorrow. Yeah. I uh, had a bit of a master stroke over the weekend, and I think I'm going to be able to retire off the back of it. But okay. We'll deal with that more tomorrow on the podcast and on the news, so make sure you check that out. I hope that doesn't come in the five-star review because I'm sick of those comment sections, people having master strokes over the weekend. <laughs> well, it's, it was weird. because every I, single video they fire up on the internet. I, um, I, I sat down on Saturday. Again, avoided all spoilers. First thing on Saturday, well, after I'd uh, got a PB in park run. So. Um, sat down, and I put, I put this show on, and I thought, oh, bloody hell. You know, you used to, like, back in the day with uh, with tapes and stuff, and you try and record, like, yeah. Sunday Night Heat or whatever, or when they used to do the Channel 4 pay-per-views. And you're putting the wrong channel, and you've recorded it ITV overnight, <laughs> so Channel 4 or whatever. So I put this show on, and I've gone, oh, for f- I forgot to tape SmackDown. I've probably put the Oscar bait on. And then I realised, no, I am watching SmackDown, uh, because the show opens. <laughs> where, where was the uh, HBO sting? That's weird. When it ended, funnily enough, like it did go, dick. So we get a video recapping all the excellent bloodline drama from last week. Michael Cole welcomes us, and then there's and Paul Heyman already standing in the ring, and he's barely got a word out before. Usos hits and out comes Jey Uso, of course. Is he going to fall in line? Now, where do his loyalties lie? Um, he comes down and he's he's pissed, Michael Hamflet. He says, uh, I've let a lot, th- lot of things slide, but I don't know if I can forgive you, Solo, for stabbing uh, my big brother in the back. Um, say what you got to say. And he throws the mic down. And, of course, Heyman steps in and says, Jey, you've got it all wrong. It's not anyone's fault, but Jimmy's. It's Jimmy's fault because he made up his own mind, not just for him, but for you as well. And he sort of moves Sokoa behind him. He puts puts him all in line. He's just like, I know I'm taking a chance standing so close to you. Um, but answer me this. Did he ask you before he kicked Roman Reigns at Night of Champions? He's always resented you. And I'm like, you weasley little bastard. <laughs> He's always resented you, Jay. Because he's seen what everyone knows, that Roman Reigns, wait a second, preemptive. Oh, my God. Wants to groom you to become the next tribal chief. That's your fate. And because of that, he he resents you, Jay. Um, and I'm going to prove this to you. I've made a match tonight between you and Austin Theory for the United States Championship. And there's no more tag teams in WWE named the Usos. After Jay, you win the US title. That's the first step on this road of Roman Reigns grooming you to become the next tribal chief. When when he's ready to step away, you're going to step into those shoes, basically. Um, and all you have to do is fall in line with the bloodline, basically. And he hands Jay the microphone. And Jay's like, US title match against that prick Austin Theory. 
I'll take you up on that. But uh, you know what? I'll get back to you about shaking your hand. And he bounces out of the ring and Paul Heyman tries to sort of no-sell it. I thought this was an unbelievable opening segment and, and one of those, oh, cool, so I'm hooked for the whole episode now. And they, they revisited it throughout with backstage stuff with uh, with Heyman and, and Jay again and Sammy getting involved and then, of course, the main event. Well, normally I would say, should we wrap all these into one? But I would like to do them as they go along because oh. I thought it made for a great show-long thing. I wasn't as high on this segment as you are, but I was very high on the developments across the show to make for one whole thing. So I'll remember this week as a week where I thought there was a... There's one to come that I... Like, there's two to come, actually. They're both backstage ones that I thought were two of the best weeks for Bloodline Law in ages. Yeah. And what I did like about this was, have we not... Like, was Paul Heyman not giving you a bit of a universal experience here before? Like, I feel like I'll be speaking to a lot of listeners, and I know for a fact I'm speaking to you, and I've lived through this, has there not all been a time in so many of our lives where we've been offered a five pence pay rise to wear a badge as a supervisor? Yep. And you are dealt this moment where you have to decide, is that power or is it responsibility disguised as power with no power at all? Mm-hmm. And like, you, it's kind of a tough choice because you want that five pence extra an hour, but you really have to decide how much you value yourself versus mm-hmm. it. And that's basically what Paul Heyman offered... Jay here, like another star on his McDonald's team member badge or another like <laughs> extra few hours cashing up at the end of the night that you won't get paid for and the responsibility of having the keys for the building over the weekend. And there's sometimes... Assistant to the tribal chief. <laughs> Nailed it. Like, there are times in which you feel like you want that and there are times in which you need it and feel vindicated by it. And then there are other times where you are simply too smart or world-weary to say yes but it is an interesting decision that a lot of people face. And I thought Paul Heyman tapped into the universal experience of that with this. Yeah. Like, I was really quite impressed with this. I just, you know, love the the law of, obviously, it immediately makes you think of Triple H and Batista, because mm-hmm. it's basically verbatim what Flair yeah. had to say to, to, to Batista. Like, when he's ready to step away, you're, you'll step up. You know, you're, you're almost there. Mm. And I like the fact that, yeah, finally Jey Uso now doesn't just sort of kowtow to, to Roman Reigns and doesn't just go... Oh well, there's no no dodginess to that. He's got his own mind now, and he's not stupid enough to go screw you. I ain't no bloodline member anymore. He's gonna try and get the most out of this. So he says, "I'll take the United States Championship match." But um, you know what? I'll I'll get back to you on the rest. Now, yeah. Later on was when this came from, like this sort of morphed from being Jeyuso taking the U.S. title shot is a bit like pretending to throw the ball to the dog, but then keeping the ball in your hand. <laughs> to being, like, by the end, by the segment that we're going to talk about in a couple of segments time, it was anything but that. Mm. And that was what impressed me so much about this as a whole. Uh, and then the good stuff just kept coming because we've got a Money in the Bank qualifying ne- match next between Mustafa Ali and Santos Escobar with the added addition of L.A. Yeah. on commentary. Uh, back and forth between Ali and Escobar early. They go to the outside. Uh, Escobar hits a hurricane runner as they're fighting off the apron, takes Ali to the floor, um, hits a suicide dive through the ropes, uh, and then a huge crossbody to Ali on the outside to take us to commercial break. When we come back, they're fighting on the top rope. Ali flips off it onto the outside. Oh, my God. And then hits him with an unbelievable dropkick. Escobar looks like he's going to, like, double axe handle him or whatever it is. He comes off the top to the outside and... 
inch perfect, the oh, drop kick from, from Ali, and it was quite rightly replayed on several occasions. They go back inside. Ali goes for the 450. Escobar moves, hits a poison rana for a two count. Uh, then he hits the double knees, but Ali kicks out and hits a tornado DDT for another great uh, near fall. Ali goes up top. Escobar cuts him off and hits a top rope phantom driver for the one, two, three to qualify for Money in the Bank. I love this. Yeah, the in-ring was... Am I going to say Dynamite good, or am I even going to dare to say NXT good? I don't know, but it was, <laughs> but it was really strong. Um, we often talk about how the... Uh, do you know where this fell short, right? Ultimately, this didn't go in my new kind of self-made rule about how much will I remember this in three mm. weeks. And that's not a, at all to criticise the wrestlers. There's so much content, there's so much wrestling, there's so much action. It was absolutely tremendous as a oh. singular viewing experience. Really, really great. I will not watch it again, but that doesn't mean I didn't love watching it once. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. It's a television match. It's a TV qualifier. Mustafa Ali is in an interesting spot because, of course, he can produce work as good as this. But a bit like people were saying about Santos Escobar about a month ago, how much can you beat this guy before it becomes a problem? Yeah. I don't know what the answer to that question is, but it wasn't a problem for Santos in hindsight because here we are at this, well, for the LWO in general, because here we are at this Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank, it's another big night for the LWO thing. Do we really think either are going to win? No, but is it a really cool story going into the show that they've both got dogs in their like in their own fights individually as well as one collectively? Yes, it's a cool thing. It's a cool additional story for the show. I really, really, really hope WWE does do the, uh, as much as we used to moan about it, the losers get get one final shot at getting the, the spot in the the match. Because that's going to be an absolute ripper of a match. You've got uh, Mustafa Ali in there, Montez Ford would be in there, yeah. Corbin, um, Bronson Reed. Yeah. it's Well, here's the thing, right? Those Assuming that maybe one of those losers gets in through the last chance thing. Um, Montez Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Are WWE assembling one of the best, in certainly for the men's, I don't know how the women's is going to look just yet, but in terms of the men's one, like, are they assembling one of the best Money in the Banks ever? Ever! If you look at, like, yeah. how in the building people will respond to all the different ladder climbs and the teases. Oh, my God. There will be... Love watching people climb ladders. But there will be Santos Escobar, LWO, Law, their big night. Somebody that's going to qualify later will absolutely generate a big reaction in the building. The commentary, let's be honest, there was a bit of a nitro of quality at this because all the commentary was about was LA Knight and not just because he was there. Yeah. Like, you were very much kind of, oh, yeah, this is a really cool match, but like the main event is at the desk. Cole cut him off and he buried him. Yeah, like, so he was more than maximizing his minutes. He's been given the minutes to maximize them. So you've got this guy in there that feels like this breakout star. There's people still to qualify. It's feeling like it's going to be massive on the night. Do you think they felt pressure to do a better money in the bank this year after my gender reveal? Do you think that's what it was? You saw me lifting a briefcase and opening it up and thought, we need to really step up this year. I hadn't put two and two together, but now you've made 65. Definitely. That must be it. They, they've <laughs> obviously they've seen how it can be. I mean, let's be honest, there was more chance of them competing with that than one of these face the revolution ladder matches. <laughs> so like the, but um I I just I get the sense that the vibe in the building is going to be unbelievable mm. every like the slow climb teases like it needs a heel now it needs like uh, as much as like i kind of want montez ford to sneak in yeah someone like a corbin kind of is the perfect fit for yes oh no like i like him and him and him and baron corbin's there and him yeah. like, and i love baron corbin but yes. that's his role yeah, yeah, in that yeah. match he was like uh, there like, i always bang on about one of my favorite ladder matches the, the tag match in nxt and it's like yeah anyone could win this like you got the street brothers in there you've got like uh kyle o'reilly and 
and Bobby Fischer in there, Undisputed Era, and then it's like, and the Forgotten Sons are in there as well. <laughs> the and oh god, here comes Jackson Riker. He's the biggest one. He's going to win. Don't all fight him, you fucking idiots. <laughs> I know this. Um, this just, I feel like they've done a good job of setting the table for that match. Yes, like it will deliver in ring. WWE surprisingly good at laying these matches out, but I'm starting to see the merit of each potential person in it as well as just the match itself. Right, so we go backstage and there's a meeting between Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. Uh, and he talks about saying, look, I've had some of the best times of my life with you. Uh, remember? Remember when I used to make you laugh? Intentionally or unintentionally. Um, and then bloody Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, had to ruin all of it. And when he takes over, bad things happen. He always pushes people too far. I tried everything I could to put the bloodline first, but it was never enough for Roman Reigns. He made you, no, sorry, he made me, Sammy this is, not trust my own brother. And that is exactly what he's doing to you now, J.U. So uh, whatever happens, you have to understand the consequences. Listen to your heart, not what's being put into your ear. And Jay just sort of looks at him walks away this was sort of awesome oh. and as a two-parter with the other backstage one kind of a home run night for the Jay Uso character Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are done with the bloodline and are kind of celebrating that fact right mm -hmm. never anymore in WWE and I'm talking like what like 20 years plus is a character typically allowed when they've like underscored that they are done to just ever slightly revisit it yeah there's an example of a few years ago no, sorry. There's an example of like 15 plus years ago <laughs> where Carlito would turn babyface and was like one week on Raw was tagging with John Cena. And quite a lot of people went, hang on a second. Yeah. Like, I know storylines in wrestling just happen. He got him stabbed in a nightclub. Yes, I Jesus, mean, I know, wasn't I, it? I know we can't see the scar, but like, like there are certain things that it's really hard to walk back and that didn't feel like it could be one. This is the perfect example of WrestleMania main event against each other. Knight of Champions, absolute final underscore. Not only have we beaten Yous for the belts, but we've retained them against Yous. It's done. It's over. The rematch they had on SmackDown, they fought. They've, you know, like, but Sami Zayn is a character that has lived through this recent experience with Kevin Owens, having fought him yeah. over and over again. So understands that, that, that it can be both. In his world, it can be both. And the way they reframed these segments that people adored, where they would corpse where they were just the most hottest things in wrestling when they were taking place, as this important bonding experience. Because Sami Zayn, the good man, will never truly give up on believing that Jey Uso can't be the good man too. Yeah. The way that was all tied together was so neat. Like, later on, you've got the quite funny Kevin Owens, mm -hmm. like, expanding tag division bit. And then Sami Zayn's right back in that. Yeah. Like, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. We're tag champions, da 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 But it doesn't just mean that this is, like, gone forever. Like, like, walking down a corridor, uh, who are we going to face the tag team champions tonight? And then the Usos passing, who are them? Don't know. <laughs> like, that's often how WWE asks yeah. you to sort of imagine these wrestlers can only exist in these mm -hmm. corridors. And they didn't hear, and I really, really enjoyed that. I know some, like, kind of, like, bloodline stuff can be way, way too on the nose, even for me, as somebody that quite enjoys WWE and is less... Um, like, Sidgwick is really particular about, like, the invisible camera and their stupid acting and all that kind of stuff. I've got, like, less of a problem with it. But I thought, if you can ignore those WWE tropes, the way it was lit, the way it was shot, yeah. the characters behaving this way was so much more refreshing. Yeah. Like, like a proper, oh, cold water to the face moment. And the follow-up, having gotten through a Jay, which Sammy Uso did, Jay Uso's, ah, 
figuring out of a way around Paul Heyman's chicanery that we're going to get to. Chef's kiss. Uh, we go back to the ring, and there's Kyla. Congratulations, by the way, to Billy Kay on her pregnancy. Indeed. Fantastic baby, news. Baby iconics are going to be like months apart, aren't they? <laughs> and their biggest cheerleader is uh, coming to Gateshead, England in <laughs> it, September? August, Late mid-August. August. <laughs> Phil tried to sort an arranged marriage on the news on Friday. That was fun. I was like going for play dates. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, just marry him. Marry him <laughs> off together. Okay. Uh, anyway, so Kayla introduces the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Um, immediately they get cut off, though, by the smack... The women's, I don't know, the other tag team yeah. champions in the women's division, that being Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Um, and Baszler comes down and is like, how much do you know about those tag titles you're wearing right now? I'm the reason they were even created. Uh, and Rousey says, this division isn't big enough for two sets of champions. Um, we uh, we want a match to unify the tag titles um, and uh, basically fire and dawn creepily accept Brawl kicks off, and uh, surprisingly, Fire and Dawn actually get the better of Baszler and Rousey, um, and uh, they go away licking their wounds, basically. This was a show, I'm going to get jumping ahead of myself, where they fixed a lot of issues that I've had with titles in WWE recently, so I've, I have to say I really like this, even though it's tag team turmoil, I suppose. To paraphrase one of our favourite So Bad It Was Good Ronda Rousey promo lines, clean up on aisle belt! <laughs> Because, yeah, they have tidied up a lot of the uh, title situation. Yeah. But going back to Ronda Rousey, so bad, they're good promos. Here was a so bad, it's bad one. Because that nonsense about crunching numbers, and like was it was borderline Steinemats. Yeah. I've crunched numbers, and that spells disaster for you next week on SmackDown or whenever the, the match is booked. Um, I, good. A, a bad Good thing. admin. Good admin. This was badmin. Right? Okay. Because it was necessary, but it was rubbish. Yeah. Right? So this was badmin. Get this tidied up. Get this cleaned up. But, like, Ronda and Shayna have to win, and that's less than ideal, considering that the opposition have magic powers. Oh, like, yeah. Like they, but they do have to win. Like, Ronda and Shayna, you cannot consolidate these belts around Isla Dawn and Alba Fire and feed Ronda and Shayna a loss at this stage. No. You just can't. No. Um, Shayna, like, I know Triple H is quite good at, like, Membering, <laughs> but I didn't need to be reminded that the reason the NXT titles only exist is because like Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler were causing some screwy finishes, like, and that was the answer. That was the solution to a problem that wasn't really a problem. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really need reminding of that. But yeah, cleans up a title situation. The women's division, like, book it better and have all the belts you like. Mm. But until you do, takes my way. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Uh, Michael Cole then throws to a, a video package uh, honoring the uh, late great Iron Sheik. Uh, then we get another Money in the Bank qualifier. It was Meechin versus Bailey. AJ Styles was on commentary for a reason that we discover at the, after the match. Um, <laughs> as much as I'm ready for us to move on from Damage Katarl, and I am invested, and I think it is coming nicely to a head at Money in the Bank. Obviously, get well soon, Dakota Kai. Um, <laughs> and I'm as much as I am intrigued to, to see potentially a babyface Bailey or some sort of shifting character for her. Her a minute yeah. into this match against. You know, Meechin, who is a threat, completely disregarding it to mock AJ Styles. You do the weird thing with your hand, AJ. You can do it too, you prick. <laughs> and then Meechin immediately dives through the ropes and takes her out. Uh, she got a DDT and a two count following that. Um, she uh, Bailey goes to the apron, Meechin kicks her, but Bailey grabs her by her hair, runs her into the second turnbuckle and hits the rose plant for the one, two, three. Bailey qualifies quite rightly for money in the bank. Um, well, let's talk about that, then we'll talk about the post-match. Not a lot to say. Formulaic, if I'm honest. But you've identified the lone highlight, which was Bailey bantering um, AJ Styles off. I was going to say, like, the face of the planet, but he'd probably get confused. Like, he'd have a bit of a Von Wagner moment, wouldn't he? The planet has a face. It's a straight line. <laughs> the faces are round, and that is one thing that the Earth is not. Post-match, uh, Scarlet Bordeaux appears. Is the face of the Earth Michael Hamlet? Because it's certainly more of a square. Scarlet Bordeaux appears, uh, and... Sprays powder in AJ Styles' face so Karrion Cross can sneak up behind him and put him in the wicker wick cross jacket for their first feud. So you left. <laughs> Why are you back? You left. Look, I uh, I support Just Stop Oil in all of their endeavors. <laughs> and shout out to Scarlett for taking one on at the middle of a wrestling show. But uh, this has happened. Yeah, I, well, this is like the thing. He, is I was like, I was all well in, I was all in for. It. I was like, actually, that's an intriguing match. And his little card, like I'm going to beat you up, Ellen. And it's like, okay, he loses the world heavyweight championship match, and then yeah. off you go with this. But no, they did that before the world heavyweight championship match, and AJ Styles comprehensively beat him. It was yeah. a good match. Oh, it was good. I like. I thought they worked pretty nicely together, to be perfectly honest. But I, it, yeah, it just I've, uh, I've checked. Just the, pretended that first match hasn't happened, aren't they? I've checked the tarot cards, and it says. Uh, I'm a bad loser. Although, to be fair, that is my... I mean, I've, I don't believe in any of that hokum. Uh, but <laughs> What's that, what thought, star sign are you? Leo. Leo. I'm a Taurus. What's your kid going to be? Leo as well, probably. Ah. Both August birthdays. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what any of it really means. No. no. Nonsense. Um, <laughs> there might be listeners but that I've always thought, that really seriously. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, what happens if, you know, they go like, ooh, you've got the death card, which is a good card sometimes or whatever. Mm. You've got this card, you've got this card, you've got this card. Why, if they leave and you do it again and you forgot to shuffle the deck and you just go, oh, same fucking cards. Uh, <laughs> so maybe that's what's happened here. Maybe he's gone, speak to me, cards. Who shall I attack? Oh, AJ Styles again. It's not like us when we do the random <laughs> WWE exactly. alumni page. You can't make that one happen. Do it again. 
That's exactly it. He's just like, they've got a new deck and AJ's at the top because it's alphabetical. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've already just beaten up Mr. Aardvark, so it's, it's up to you, AJ. So, yeah. Yeah, didn't need a, didn't need a rematch. I'll tell you what I did like. Ahead of uh, Askias, Askias and Askers mm. uh, championship celebration thing. Remember Saskia and Big Brother? Who did uh, Saskia go out with? That was a good year, but I can't remember. Like Saskia was in with, um, it was the year that Anthony from Newcastle won because he was just, like fundamentally, he was just a nice guy. Yeah. He was really bland and beige, but like he was a nice enough guy. And there was that lad, Craig, that like was kind of in love with him, but it was a little bit unrequited. Yeah. And that, that was like really captivating, their unrequited love. And Saskia went out, way ejaculate. I think it was called, was it called Maxwell? Yes, I'm looking up here. Like, I don't know if they they stayed together or if it was just a Big Brother thing. But, like... It was a Cheryl Tweedy lookalike. But really? Yeah, uh, I think so. It was, it was still goaded in that. I want to say that was Big Brother... I've got Anthony, hang on. Right. Let me do this. Uh, Craig, Brian Dowling, Kate Lawler, Cameron. I'm looking back. Can't remember Big Brother 5 because that was the fight year. Six. Big Correct. Brother Six, as won by Anthony Patterson. As won by uh, Anthony, An- Patterson? Anthony Hutton. Hutton. Occupation, 70s dance. Yeah, you would do a disco. It's like, what, what else you got? Just you know, this. Name any of the other big four. Oh, in the final. So science was on this season. Science was great. Science was patter. Um, it does start to melt together. One name might, might, you might not. One Char- name you was will. Charlie in it this year? Uh, he didn't make the top four, according to Wikipedia, anyway. I'm thinking of Charlie, the female cousin of Kieran Richardson, who booted off in the house when she learned that her then Manchester United cousin had signed for Sunderland. <laughs> really grateful for Kieran Richardson, the years he spent at Sunderland. She was not. Uh, Mary O'Leary was this season. Yeah. Psychic advisor. She went Didn't early. see her leaving at eight days in. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, Anthony Hutton won. Eugene Sully came second. Eugene, yes, of course. McCosey, who's now, of course, a... A television presenter, yeah, and I'm um, not sure if this name will ring any bells or you know trigger any memories for you. Fourth place, Kinga. Mm. I remember Kinga, yes, and did she get up too much in the house. She did, and I think it's unfortunate. Handle, I think it was, and possibly sexist that certain things are remembered more than others. Shall we say? Shall we say? Um, I oh, was that uh, was Ashleen in that year as well, or not? I don't think so. I've no. just closed the uh, page, and I'm definitely not going back on it. So we don't talk enough about Big Brother. We really don't. Like, is it coming back? I don't know, but it, it can never be what it was. Like, the reason why The Traitors was as fantastic as it was. Watch The Traitors if you haven't yet. I've sort of forgotten the, the, the stuff that I accidentally read, so I might start watching. Maybe that's what I'll watch on my holiday. Yes, get involved with The Traitors. Here, man, on the flight to Vegas on the way over, British Airways had the entire Traitors. Like, and I kind of wished I hadn't watched it. Because oh. I was like, in terms of one singular flight... An entire season of reality yeah. show is perfect, isn't I it? I hate normally when they have TV shows on flight. And you get three such episodes. a first world problem, by the way. You get like but yeah. season one, episode six, seven, and eight. People I'm, are like, have you seen Ted Lasso? I've said, I've seen the first three episodes. Seem good. Well, I watched them twice, actually. Yeah. That's <laughs> like when I watched... Uh, Apparently Ted Lasso badly falls off. I yeah. only watched the pilot and it didn't really work for me, so I didn't stick with it, but I heard it. Uh, it was one of those ones where it was just like perfect... I'm not tired enough to sleep. I need something to just, there's something nice that's not going to, you know, like Black Mirror is going to depress me or something like that. And Ted Lasso was was just lovely. New Black Mirror, come and see. Yeah, there's there's not a time I watch it. (laughs) I I think it's one of the best television there is. But you tell me a time that's a good time to watch Black Mirror. Just before bed? Oh, that's going to be really good for you to get sleep. First thing in the morning? Oh, day's ruined. Black Mirror's 
lost its impact a little bit now because bl- the real Black Mirror is the window outside your house. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've got the Asuka Championship thing to come, but you know, the, the good men rather than bad men here, good. Bianca Belair is going to see Postman Pierce. Postman Pierce is like, please, I'm so stressed. Mm. Can we just have one championship thing where no one gets interrupted and we just do this, goes off that hitch. I know you're pissed off with her. I know she cheated. I know you want your rematch. Do not worry. You are next in line. And Bianca Bella is like, you know what? Fair enough. I can think of... Uh, A few moments later. I was going to say one word. One noise. Two syllables. Uh, we enjoyed very much at one point last year to uh, Bianca Bella being next in line. I think you know the thing. Uh, oh! Yes, because uh, Ask is there. Postman Pierce is there. It's now the WWE Women's Championship... This is what I've been suggesting for quite some time, that they rename it like this, so you don't have the Raw one on the SmackDown and the SmackDown on the Raw. Good, and you don't have to do any belt exchanges. Fun, Oof, that was the main, main relief. Yeah. Uh, it basically looks the same as Roman Reigns' style, but it's got a white strap. Your thoughts? None. Uh, I've just got used to the look of it now. Do you know what I think is going to be good? I don't love the toy belt that Seth Rollins carries around, but I think that design with a white strap for Rhea Ripley and a belt actually means something. could look pretty cool. Purple so. strap? Oh, my God. Give her it from day one. So he's, he's putting the belt around Asuka's waist. Everything's going weirdly to plan. When Charlotte Flair's music hits, she walks down to the ring, gets a great reaction. Uh, lots of woos as, as Postman Pierce is, is drowned out, basically. And he's like, Charlotte, you need to get in line. You're really fucking this up for me, basically. And she says, I don't need to get in line. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, either I am or I made the line. I forgot which one it was. Yeah. Does a woo. Uh, she I wa- made the BBC. I was a bit annoyed that she kept saying, you're going to have to put that title around my waist, Postman Pierce. And she kept pointing at the old title. The wrong belt, yeah. Like, the wrong fucking one, Charlotte. It's the one she's got around her waist now. Jesus. It's anyway. throne queen. She challenges Asuka. Asuka does her brilliant yelling in Japanese bit, but basically accepts. Goes to Mist uh, Charlotte. Charlotte moves, kicks Asuka in the head and uh, sends her to the outside to close out the segment. I just, you know, me and Andy have talked a little bit about Charlotte Flair coming back again and walking straight into a title match, but you can't really argue when she gets reactions like this. What is it not as well? So it's June 30th, which is the go-home show for Money in the Bank. It's the Friday before, yeah, Money in the Bank. So that's going to be in like a furnace of an O2. Oh, so they've got really great chemistry, like, Oodles of history at this point. Wait a second, is SmackDown going to be no? Is it going to be a normal time for us on that Friday? Must be. Oh, well, they're, they're not necessarily. Like, they like that sometimes one where just... J- Styles beat Jinder and we all knew about it. Oh, yeah. You just tape it and then obviously the results get out. Oh, but... put it on normal time. Put it on normal stream. What, uh, put it on WWE. normal stream. What, and Fox make the concession to air it early in Yeah, because then the we, USA. Can, we can watch it and then we've got the stream on the Saturday, me and nice. you. Be good, yeah, and then uh, a few cheeky bevs. I think so. Maybe one or two afterwards. Um, I kind of get that you can oh, do... just call uh, Anne Louise Pitbull, by the way, because she's given us the green light for that one. So I'm ready to go. Oh, oh, oh. And then stay at your house afterwards, please. Um, this is a bit like... Don't ruin the new carpet. She'll murder you. You'll get used to this as a parent. Like me asking on a podcast if I can stay at your house. It's like a position where you can't really say no after the Let's morning. talk break. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the kids asking if like the friends can come over when their friends are with you. Yeah. Like, I was just talking to Sam and uh, I've said he can come to the house. Is that all right? Well, Sam stood there, Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You little bastard. 
<laughs> you can never listen to this episode of the podcast when you're older. But you know what you've done there, kid. Anyway, uh, sorry, I was just getting that out because he, he did me. He absolutely yeah, did play. me. Strung me up. It's good. Charlotte Flair is the one character, not the one, but one of the characters you can do this with. She creates this sense of anxiety yeah. with people. Like, the match is probably going to kick ass. This is uh, the thing I said to Andy on the news. I was like, there was a period a while back, obviously, where it's like, stop complaining about Charlotte being pushed so much because she literally pulls out everyone's best match. Yeah. It doesn't matter who she works with. Then she came back last year, and we were like, uh-oh, she's forgotten that part of her act, and that was kind of crucial. And then last minute, you know, time running out, injury time, they need a goal. Charlotte Flair pulls out... One of the best matches of WrestleMania weekend. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that is so good. Jack's Rhea Ripley, of course. She helped. <laughs> but <laughs> she helped. But it's super helpful that that is the match that's in people's minds. Because exactly. Because it rebuilds the prestige of this one. And uh, when she ever spoiled a, you know, Asuka run? Huh? <laughs> um, I, I think they can get away with it. But I understand why people disagree. And... Bianca Belair, Charlotte, Asuka, Triple Threat, SummerSlam, Slash, Bianca, oh my God. Bianca and Charlotte in a singles feud while Asuka goes off somebody else. They're not bad options. Yeah. She sort of fits here. Yeah. I think. But it won't be to everybody's taste, and I think they know that. Yes. And I think they're playing with that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as long as, yeah, we end this, and the champion is either Asuka or Bianca Belair by the end of SummerSlam, I'm kind of fine with it. That's where... And like I think don't hot potato onto a Charlotte for one month, and they do do rack, that rack up those yeah they're cashing a dad up etc cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a very mixed thing the whole like Charlotte Flair in general is a very mixed phenomenon at this point. Mm. Um, but hopefully yeah this is do this put Asker over like you say triple threat and then fingers crossed a new direction for Charlotte rather than heel fight for the championship babyface fight for the championship. I'd bloody love Charlotte Flair to have direction that isn't around the belt. Yes. Like, find a emotional issue and draw some money with it that isn't about one of the titles. Perhaps she could become corrupted. <laughs> become the third member of this... Uh, Albert Fire and Isla Dawn go, it's for me. <laughs> we built you a throne of flames and goo, my queen. Oh, yeah, instead of woo, she says goo. <gasps> goo! <laughs> goo everywhere. Right, Jay Uso's backstage with Paul Heyman. Here we go. Uh, Paul's like, yeah, isn't that what you did earlier? Good cliffhanger, get the bloody marks for you sticking around for longer. Like they need any encouragement. See that fucking number they did, Jesus. <laughs> um, but uh, I need your uh, need your passport because uh, you're getting the jet. Only for a bit, but you're getting the jet. You're going to fly the money in the bank together. And next week, Roman's going to be here live. Uh, we're going to have a big celebration for you sticking around in the bloodline. Uh and uh, you're going to get a public acknowledgement. Just dangling that carrot once yeah. again, you cheeky bastard. Because um, you're next in line. You're nil uh, to be the tribal chief. Uh, and Jay's like, wow, I'm going to be in the bloodline. I'm acknowledged by the tribal chief. That's pretty good. But I don't know why you're getting so excited. Because if I'm in the bloodline, that means you're not in the bloodline. See ya. Amazing. Unbelievable. Taking. Oh my God. Yeah. Another one. I wasn't ready for that, but okay. The the idea that Jey Uso, for the first time in forever, partly because he's been inspired by Sami Zayn, partly because we don't know how brave he can be when Roman isn't is in the ring, but we know how brave he can be when Roman's yeah. not there. Partly because Paprage is Booker of the Year. Yeah, keep going. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's thought of a way to 
he know he knows Roman Reigns is a liar and a fraud, but he needs to challenge those feelings up front. Jimmy Uso last week before he was turned on by Solo Sokota said, Roman, um, you're like this doesn't have to be this way. Yeah, he was like, a peacemaker. He was like, I don't want to leave the bloodline. I want the bloodline to be better than ever because we can all be together, not you rolling with this iron fist. I, I don't want a tyranny, but I still want the bloodline. Yeah. And that, I thought, was a really interesting development. There was a detail that I left out of the Sami Zayn thing on purpose because I wanted to talk about it here. Sami Zayn distinguished between Roman Reigns, their cousin, and the tribal chief. Yes. A... Um, a Persona that Roman had embodied mm. to basically hold power over the family, over every, over WWE, over everything. And here, uh, Jey Uso both flexed what it is to be the tribal chief, which is, oh yeah, I love this. I'm more important. If you're saying I'm going to be the tribal chief one day, this is what it looks like, fat boy. <laughs> like the, so like straight away, he's like playing him in his own game. Yeah. And Christ, it's nice for him to have a mind of his own again rather than just a brain that it tells its eyes to stare at his shoes. <laughs> like, but also. He is intentionally and knowingly testing Roman Reigns' ability to do the, yeah, in five years, could be you, mm. could be you in this chair, mate. Like, play your cards right, you'll be in this seat when I retire. Like, well, Jay, why are you getting a uh, tribal sent, uh, why, why are you getting tribal sent, why are you getting a uh, wallpaper sample sent to the island of relevancy? Just planning for future, yeah. you know. Well, will I, Roman? Because I'm going to make a stand here, and my thing... What's this knob going to look like out on the island of <laughs> My thing, Roman, is like... Everybody's penis, and <laughs> but not Paul Heyman's. Yeah, because that's tribal chief stuff, isn't it? We can make these calls, yeah, yeah. right? And Roman Reigns now potentially it's one thing for Roman Reigns to get in solos here and be like, "Me and you against these. Your brothers are losers. I'm sorry, but like, stick your thumb in his neck. This sucks, <laughs> right?" But it's quite another now to be like, uh, uh, "Jay, like, I, I know a family, but like, like." I kind of need Paul Heyman. <laughs> and then Jay goes, you need him. The idea that Roman Reigns would admit that actually he's kind of needed Paul Heyman's yeah. chicanery all these years. It's just something Roman Reigns cannot sanction. Yeah. And Jay Uso has created this position. Like, a tremendous, and I'm going to use that word again, development yes. of the story. This is asking questions of characters. This is asking Paul Heyman, while Roman Reigns is away, to sort of bow up a bit and go, well, Roman Reigns needs me. Dare Paul Heyman say oh. that on screen? Dare Roman Reigns admit that that is true? Like, there are ramifications to Jey Uso's actions here. And yet, by the end of the night, we've had the very pro wrestling payoff to all of this. Is like, can, like, we're jumping ahead. Can Jey Uso trust Jimmy after the complete and total accident? Yes. Yes. But, like, so, like, that's the wrestling bit of it. That's the kind of, we know that sometimes you're being asked a pretty fake feeling question. This needs answers, and I want them. Like, who, who moves first here? Who shoots first? Yeah. Is, is it Paul Heyman going, we all know Roman Reigns is going to side with me. He knew that his career was going nowhere before I stepped in. What did you say, Paul? Nothing. Like, do they do that? I don't give a damn what the tribal chief... Was the exact, this is the exact, like, sort of feeling about I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says. Jey Uso has basically asked Paul Heyman to say that on me. Oh, my God. It's good stuff. Who else was good stuff? Postman Pierce is backstage, right? He's having a, it's a rough night. He thought he had it all worked out. He's on the phone going... 
I know, but to be fair, boss, it's Charlotte Flair, so fair <laughs> that's, enough. That's good, like, pantomime, that, isn't it? Every week, SmackDown starts with Postman Pierce with, like, a lovely catered banquet, like a dining table, and then it cuts to him. The, the SmackDown barcode shot every week is him just sat there on the floor with the table in half and the food all over him. It happened again, boss. Bianca <laughs> Belair comes in and basically does, are you f- kidding me <laughs> you literally said to me oh, i was next in line and i've watched you go out there and gone oh, fair enough charlotte flair's next in line uh and he says i'll figure it out and she just says you better and i was like yeah good for you yeah Bianca. you better and then we got another money in the bank qualifier it was baron corbin versus butch ringside the uh nxt champion carmelo hayes uh and his brilliant uh best friend trick williams uh watching uh, Corbin grabs a mic beforehand, obviously, because there's stuff going on in NXT. And make sure you check out our NXT podcast because, well, that is the best show of the week, actually. Nick Khan said at the weekend or last week that this is a two-sided synergy thing. Like, he's he's really upfront about, like, what a villainous company WWE is at this yep. point. In a way that nobody ever was. SmackDown Live in 2016 was goaded. We don't talk enough about it. Mm. And it turned out that was because that they wanted to secure an amazing television deal for it. So they tried. <laughs> I imagine that. Yeah. It's like, should we try and make people give a shit about SmackDown again? <laughs> uh, why would we do that? Well, in two years, it might make us a billion dollars. Okay, you've got it, right? Like, and it turned out you can make a good wrestling show when there's actual money to be made. <laughs> now, he has clocked that it's a negotiation year for NXT. And... Like, Found that extra page of the spreadsheet. And has suddenly opened up a new tab labelled Wrestlers I Am Happy to Interact with the NXT roster if it gets us a new deal, yeah. right? Which you can actually fit into one of them tabs. It looks really long <laughs> on the spreadsheet. But um, aye. So he's been like really upfront and honest about it. But the one thing he failed to mention in his latest interview was that, you know, I was looking at the document that said deadline for negotiation. I wasn't looking at massive fan investment and interest and engagement in um, NXT. And why he was missing that was because there's probably not enough wrestling podcasts out there that oh, yeah. cover NXT, like, other than... One of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- And then he was made aware. So, uh, Corbin um, cuts a promo beforehand, taunting Mellow and, and Trick, saying, oh... You know, I'm going to take your title and look what I did to your boy on NXT this week, basically. Sit down like the fans that you are. Uh, immediately turns around to Butch just attacking him, basically. He gets a tornado. I thought we might have lose. I thought for a split second, oh, my God, they're going to give him the gimmick. He loses in 10 seconds on the main roster. No idea when you're fighting for the no. title. <laughs> but uh, he did kick out at two from a tornado DDT. And uh, he moved when Butch went for the moonsault and, uh, and took over there. Uh, Butch makes a comeback, though, doing the horrific finger-snapping spot, which I'm glad they've kept for him, but but only on special occasions. Yes. Um, and playing it into the match. Um, Corbin nails Butch with a punch. Uh, slags off Mello mid-match again. Goes for the choke stand, but I think he had... To, I'm right, I think he had to do it with a weak hand, didn't yes. he? Because the, the strong, hand, strong hand has been snapped by Butch. So he's not using the right hand. He's all a bit skew-whiff. Uh, and Butch rolls Corbin up. For the one, two, three. Butch qualifies for Money in the Bank. There's a nice promo, because I'm just going to gloss over it later, where uh, Brutes and uh, Baron Corbin and Cameron Grimes. and But Butch was like, I'm coming home, and I'm fighting the Money in the Bank. And I suddenly got this swell of, like, patriotic pride. (laughs) I was like, come on, Butch! Right? But um, post-match, Corbin's furious, obviously. 
clocks Carmelo Hayes, who jumps the barrier, and they have to be separated, and this all feeds into, well, our NXT preview tomorrow. Yes. Uh, a little bit banana skin, but it was earned with the finger stuff, and they wanted to. Like Baron Corbin, it's tricky, because he has been, as you pointed out, like job to death on the main roster. Yeah. So it is a bit of an ask that he's going into NXT and basically fighting for the title. But I thought they juggled that quite well here. And uh, Butch has still got that dog in him, hasn't he? As much as I wish it was more, as much as I wish he was running around basically chasing the paper boy, mm. uh, <laughs> I, like, I like that you get that little bit. He's going to be perfect for Money in the Bank. It's going to be Absolutely. a huge reaction when he climbs the ladder. Yeah, and then, uh, like I say, post-match, uh, Brutes are getting interviewed backstage. Yeah, Butch is doing the rah-rah speech. Baron Corbin comes in to complain and gets laid out by, yeah, Kerry Grant, baby, to the moon. Baron Corbin having three things on the go at once when he's a main roster loser is uh, game Triple H vintage. Mm. Uh, we got another Money in the Bank qualifier after that. Shotzi versus EO Sky. Uh, Sky immediately attacks Shotzi, uh, who fights back, suplexes Sky. Uh, Sky targets Shotzi's arm, though. Sky goes up top, but Shotzi moves. Bailey's out there as well, obviously. Damage Katarl stuff. Uh, Sky goes uh, off the top. Shotzi moves and takes over. Double arm suplex, splash in the corner. Uh, a suicide dive on EO Sky, who's on the outside. She goes up top, uh, but Sky takes the ref and Bailey distracts Shotzi, drops her back back of her head, clipping the turnbuckle brilliantly as she goes down. Uh, and EO Sky gets the victory with a moonsault. And uh, both members of Damage Katara and Money in the Bank. The, we called it on Friday, the right decision. Definitely. Um, there's a nice little intramatch story that's going to take place between Bailey and Eo Sky, you would assume. Uh, really liked the finish because Shotzi will take bigger risks than the one she took smashing the back of her head off a turnbuckle here, as we've seen her do in the mm-hmm. past. Um, so she'll absorb something. I'm sure she pitched something even more dangerous than this. But that was the time for Bailey to be functional rather than dysfunctional. Mm. Like Eo. Bailey screwed up when it really, really mattered. But you still, you know, I, I said this before, when wrestlers are purported to want to be wanting what's best for their teammates, mm-hmm. for their, shall we say, clients, Matt Hardy and Ethan Page, they're <laughs> supposed to be helping them win even if they inadvertently cause them to lose. So you have a helper win here to remind you that, you know, like cards on the table, she's trying to help her win. She's just a bit of a screw-up, and EO Sky is going to be justified if yes. when she turns. They've done this the right way around. Absolutely. Like the Bianca Belair was the important spotlighted. Bailey, you really screwed up there. <laughs> but like everything since has been like, now we're good, we're good, we're good. Like we've yeah. got to cut a kind of t-shirt. We're stronger than ever. We're both going to money <laughs> bank. Things couldn't be better in damage control. It's fine, actually. Yeah. And then obviously when it goes wrong in the big stage, mm. that's when it matters most. So then we cut to an interview with Austin Theory, of course, defending the United States Championship in the main event. He's going to beat Jey Uso like he beat John Cena. Uh, and he says, if Paul Heyman's looking for a new client, you should check out Austin Theory Live, the initials of which also for, for the place that he's from. Just, just honestly, man, that's a... Uh, you know what, that should come to me. <laughs> when, is, when has that ever been a cool line? Ever. I did also, I did like the continuation, though, from last week, where it was like, and if you add my reign to Roman Reigns' reign, it's, it's an even better number, actually. That's a really good point. Are they going to do, like, Triple H, man, like his pushing, in inverted commas of Austin Theory, saw him getting murked the entire summer in increasingly hilarious fashion. <laughs> like, it was as if it was the top, you know when we say Shane McMahon was the first on the WrestleMania priorities list? Felt like for the summer, priorities were, uh, don't mention Vince on television, and embarrass Austin Theory in the funniest way possible. Yeah. All pitches welcome. Like, no bad ideas in the creative room. <laughs> like, what have we got that we can humiliate Austin Theory with? Is this leading to him thinking, like, I'm joining the bloodline. Yes. Like that he's going to start coming, like Sami Zayn did at the beginning. He's going to start like wearing a bloodline t-shirt, but it's five 
T-shirts are go. He's going to start wearing like that greatness on a different level mode <laughs> and put your little US title belt on it and just be like, I'm in the bloodline in a way. I'm a tribal chief if you think about it. Is that where that's two weeks in a row? Yeah. We need despite to monitor. The, despite the fact that they set it up to, anyway. We need to monitor this. Like, yeah. Theory watch. Is he doing this or something horribly boring and interesting? <laughs> you decide. KO and Sammy are talking backstage. They get up, cut, up, cut off by Pretty Deadly. Uh, who take the piss out of the way they look whilst wearing those preposterous tank top things that they've got. It's good stuff. Uh, and then in comes uh, the Good Brothers, the uh, Brawling Brutes, the Street Profits, and the LWO, and of course, Owens, in the only way that he can, pitches a fit about... It's too many bloody people here. Pull back and reveal was so great, wasn't it? Like the point at which, like, there's now partners on either side that have purposely positioned themselves to surround him in like it's such a uniform way. But like, how big can you make this joke to make it make sense? I think they could bring back the wild card rule, and I'd be sold on it if Kevin Owen sold it to me. What All the stuff I hated. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do two, two out of three fours matches, wild card rule, any of that bollocks. I'm like. Oh, God, that's some of the worst traits of WWE. But wait a second, Kevin Owens is introducing it. KO show starts with Kevin Owens reciting the Miz's Wikipedia. <laughs> so uh, Pierce shows up and announces next week we're getting a gauntlet match uh, with the winners facing Owens and Zayn for the tag titles. Uh, also, next week, it is going to be uh, Charlotte Flair on the Grayson Waller effect, who got his own weird video package three weeks after he'd been introduced. It's I don't know why they do this sometimes. Um, and uh, we're having Carrying Cross and Scarlet versus Meechin and AJ Styles next week. Good big show next week. This week. Yeah. I won't have time to talk about it, but I'll be watching it first thing on Saturday. <laughs> What's the time difference in uh, Mallorca? An hour, I think. An hour ahead. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> still going to do it. He's still going to do it. Actually, to be fair, for that and probably AW Collision. So, Well, they've got a drawback, haven't they? So. Oh, have they? I'm getting really worried about that. <laughs> Um, and then they've done a lot of preparation because in two weeks, uh, it's the tag title match, the unification, Fire and Dawn versus Rousey and Baszler. And then in three weeks, it's the go-home show for Money in the Bank. And yes, Asuka and Charlotte will wrestle for the new WWE Women's Championship. Yeah, the taping schedule obviously being in the UK has forced them to lay some stuff out. It's not the worst thing. Board planning. Well, it's just to learn from NXT, clearly. Let's, let's have some basics. It's nice. Uh, main event time then, United States Championship. Austin Theory against Jay Uso. Uh, early on, he throws Theory over the announce table. Um, and uh, that takes us to a commercial break. When we come back, of course, Theory's in control, working Uso over with a headlock. Uh, he gets out of it, though, goes for a spear, but Theory counters with that great rolling drop kick of his for a two count. Um, he sets up for the A-Town down. Uso, Jimmy, Jay even. Jay Uso fights out, but hits an Inseguri. Um Hits Theory, but Theory, it's the obligatory bloodline ref bump mid-match. Um, Jey Uso goes up top, hits the Uso splash. He's got the match won. He is the new United States champion, but there's no referee. Uh, then out of nowhere, in slides Austin Theory's new best mates, which has been established, to be fair. Pretty deadly mm -hmm. come in to attack him. Jimmy Uso, though, runs down to make the save for his brother. This brings out Solo Sokoa. Um, he goes to kick Sokoa. Sokoa moves. Jimmy Uso kicks Jay. Uh, Sokoa and Jimmy, after a bit of a faff with the ropes, brawl to the outside. <laughs> um, and in the midst of all this, Austin Theory crawls over, slumps an arm over Jay. One, two, three. He retains the United States Championship uh, despite bloodline shenanigans. Uh, Post-match, Jimmy's trying to explain to Jay what's happened. Uh, he's trying to help him. But Jay pushes him away. 
uh, and walks out of the ring past where Heyman and Sakura are standing. A bit like you pointed out in the preview, there was a split second where I was like, oh my God, this is exactly where he stood with Sami Zayn. Is he going to superkick Paul Heyman of yeah. all people? But Heyman apologizes, said this isn't the way things were meant to go down. Uh, and uh, Jay doesn't know what to think. He just scowls and walks off. But Heyman's looking relatively pre- pleased with himself and uh, sp- speaks into his phone, call Roman Reigns. More twists in the bloodline saga, Michael Hamflet. Yeah, this was, as I kind of alluded to earlier on, this was the kind of show-busy, pantomime element of the story that is a necessary evil because it's still pro-wrestling at the end of the day. And a lot of stuff has to play out in this grand dramatic theatre. But Jey Uso can't be stupid now that he's been clever. Yes, That's the thing for me. What I got out of this was him showing some intelligence and a bit of guile, and he can't take an inadvertent super kick as the, how dare you do that to me? Well, I did find funny, he by He does the watch the show. He made that defence piece in the trial of Sami Zayn. He did. Oh, he does. What uh, What I did like was, and we've had this with another one of our favourite storylines lately, you know how six months of, like, I'll never fight you, Dominic, became, I'll fight you in a mixed tag right here, right now. <laughs> like, Solo and Jimmy are brawling already. It's been a week. Yeah. Where you put your thumb in my throat, so we're enemies forever. Like, they're brothers. That's great. Like, couldn't be, like, Jimmy hasn't done the... Come on, Solo, what are you thinking? Like, Jay is left to go to Solo. Solo, man, why did you do that? Like, while he's br- actively brawling. Like, <laughs> he's walked past Solo and Paul Heyman. And like, Solo, man, last week you, you turned on Jimmy. And now you're beating the f***ing shit out of each other. <laughs> I don't know what to think. Well, you should. Yeah. You should know what to think. So I don't, like, let this be the red herring only for the benefit of Paul Heyman, not the audience. Yes. Let Paul Heyman think everything is fine rather than us. Like, don't sell me on Jey Uso taking this week and going, now I'm conflicted all over again. Because you've already thought about that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're literally now three years on from you being fooled by one of these things. Mm-hmm. You have to grow. Yeah, and I'm just so excited to see how this is followed on the show next week. They aren't just relying upon, Romain's will be here, so something's going to happen. Is he here next week? Yeah, he's coming up this week, I that's this. So that's this week yeah. we get this. Oh, that's good. That's like, that's based on the celebration, like you would expect that to be hot and the ratings to be out of the ass and the interest to be big again. So, yeah. just there were, Roman's working money in the bank, isn't he? Yes. Feels like the tag, doesn't it? If you're going to do it, it feels like the, you've got the two ladder matches and the tag team, the Usos and the Roman and Solo tag match. It's a pretty good card. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, mixed tag Cody and Brandy versus... Dom Maria, of course. Uh, yeah. We're all on that in the Raw preview later, yeah. anyway. Uh, but for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, me and Sid will be here later on today for our final AEW Rampage review. Uh, and we've got the Raw preview coming your way later on today. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us. And wait. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.